My name is Erin Macri, and I am a member of the BJSM editorial team. It is my pleasure today to introduce to you Dr. Harvey Hart. Dr. Hart is a postdoctoral researcher at the University of Western Ontario, funded by the Canadian Institutes of Health Research. Her research focuses on identifying risk factors for knee osteoarthritis, and she's done considerable work with both non-traumatic as well as post-traumatic osteoarthritis, as in following things like an anterior cruciate ligament rupture. And through better understanding these risk factors, Dr. Hart aims to develop new treatment approaches for managing knee OA. Welcome, Dr. Hart. Hello, Erin. Thank you. So we're talking about gait retraining today. It's a bit of a hot topic, I think, these days for various musculoskeletal conditions, uh, including knee osteoarthritis, which of course is your area. You recently published a couple of studies uh, specifically looking at cadence. And I thought maybe we could start by actually just giving us a quick reminder of what cadence is and what it is about cadence that uh, got you inspired to actually look at cadence in this particular population of knee osteoarthritis. Sure. So cadence is simply total number of steps you take per minute. Um, it can be easily assessed. So likely lots of listeners already have smartphones or smartwatches that tells them what the cadence is when they're walking or running. And um, we can also easily manipulate cadence. For example, in a clinic, you can use a metronome or even verbal cues such as take more shorter steps. So when you walk with a higher cadence, the amount of time the foot spends on the ground is reduced. Uh, the thinking is that longer the foot is on the ground during stance phase, the more ground reaction force is produced. So that's the force that's exerted by the ground on the body in contact with it. There's um, uh, quite a bit of uh, interest in cadence when it comes to running. It's, it's thought that it can allow runners to be more efficient, reduce forces, and um, even running injuries. And there's some evidence to support this. Studies have shown that when runners run with a higher cadence compared to what they usually run, um, so with their usual cadence, they experience lower knee forces. And some studies have also shown that runners with patellofemoral pain also experience lower knee pain when running with a higher cadence. We know that people with uh, knee osteoarthritis often walk with a lower cadence, so they take longer steps. Um, and given the associations noted between cadence and knee forces during running, I, I thought it might be, might be good to look at cadence during walking in people with knee osteoarthritis. Using data from a large study called the Multicenter Osteoarthritis Study in the States, uh, we looked at whether cadence was associated with joint damage, so, uh, such as cartilage damage, a feature of knee osteoarthritis um, identified on MRI. And this study showed that people who walk with a lower cadence also experience more joint damage two years later. Okay, so looking at cadence in the study, you evaluated how it relates to osteoarthritis, but then you also looked at its association with actual loading in the knee as a possible mechanism to explain how cadence relates to OA. So for those of us who aren't biomechanists, I was wondering if you can just briefly explain how do we measure knee loads in a laboratory and then maybe tell, you what, tell us what you learned from this. Absolutely. Firstly, Erin, it's very difficult to measure actual knee loads. Um, you can measure these using instrumented knee implants or computational modeling. 
frequently what we do in the lab is use analytical models to measure proxy measures of knee load. Uh, for example, peak knee adduction moment, uh, it's a surrogate measure of maximum medial knee load. I guess a simplified version of the definition is that it's a product of force and liver arm. In this case, it's ground reaction force and perpendicular distance of this force from the knee joint center. A knee adduction moment angular impulse is also another surrogate measure. It incorporates both the magnitude and the duration of medial knee loads um, into a single variable. So these are indirect measures, but they're good ones because both peak knee adduction moment and knee adduction moment angular impulse are associated with knee osteoarthritis disease progression and knee pain. It is thought that development and worsening of knee osteoarthritis is dependent on interplay between several biomechanical and um, biochemical factors. After looking at the association between cadence and joint damage in my previous study that we talked about, I thought the next logical step was to start looking at potential bio, uh, biomechanical mechanisms here. So using a different data set, um, we looked at the association of cadence during walking with surrogate measures of knee loads in a sample of about 700 patients with clinical knee osteoarthritis while controlling for gait speed. So the, so the reason why we uh, controlled for walking speed is because cadence and um, gait speed are closely related. And if you want to look at the effect of one uh, and not the other, we have to make sure we control for it. So as we thought, uh, we saw that when we controlled for walking speed, lower cadence was associated with higher surrogate measures of knee load. So as an example, based on a typical patient in the study sample, an increase in cadence from 100 steps per minute to 120 steps per minute so that's a 20% increase in cadence, would be associated with the 25% decrease in knee adduction moment angular impulse. So let's think about it this way. If you walked with the same gait speed, but increased your cadence, that would mean taking more steps to cover the same distance. Our findings um, suggest that you would experience lower knee loading per step there. Okay. So... Higher cadence is associated with lower knee loads, but if people are taking more steps to cover the same distance, then wouldn't they still end up loading the knee the same amount or maybe even more? Uh, good question, Erin. Um, is it better to take more steps with lower loads or take fewer steps with higher loads? Yeah, right? exactly. That's a question. So cumulative load is sum of loads you experience in a certain period of time. And uh, it's possible the effects of decreasing knee loads per step on cumulative loading would be offset to some extent by increasing the total number of steps taken. Right. Um, and we did look at this a little bit in our work. Uh, so going back to our typical patient in this study sample, they would take approximately 1,500 steps to walk a distance of one kilometer. So if we increase the cadence by 20%, then they would need to take around 1,800 steps to cover the same distance. So they'd be taking additional 300 steps. Right. When we did uh, when we did the calculations, the cumulative load uh, did appear to be lower when walking with a higher cadence. So it does appear that taking more steps with lower loads might be actually better than taking fewer steps with higher load. Okay. 
Um, um, I do want to add one thing, though. Um, so it's not all about reducing knee loads. It's not that the more knee loads that you reduce, the better it is. Um, it's about reducing abnormal knee loading. Our cartilage needs good positive load to stay healthy, and both overloading and underloading could be harmful to the joint. Uh, I'm really glad that you mentioned that, actually, because I think that sometimes we get hung up with thinking of everything as being abnormally high, but in fact, sedentary behavior, as we know, is also not good for you. And so we're trying to find that, that sweet spot in the middle. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Great. So what does this mean for a clinician and for their patients? Is this something that we should be assessing in the clinic? And if so, how do we do this? And how do we use those results of the assessment to actually you know, educate or treat our patients? Sure. So as I mentioned before, um, patients with knee osteoarthritis often walk with the with the lower cadence. Yes. So I, I, I think the first step is probably to start monitoring cadence in, um, in these patients. And this can be done by simply counting number of steps over a period of time or using um, wearable devices. So I guess this can help clinicians track patients' overall physical health and use this to educate patients on benefits of physical activity and work with them maybe to set some physical activity goals. So many of us have smartphones and smartwatches that we can use to also track physical activity uh, metrics, so such as cadence and step count. So we can also monitor these on our own when we go for a walk or a run to see how we're getting on with our physical activity goals as well. Okay, great. So this seems to me like it could be actually a very simple and potentially effective way to work with patients in managing their knee loading, since counting number of steps seems like a really easy intervention. Um, and it could even help them to achieve their physical activity goals. So what in your opinion is still missing or maybe what, what is the knowledge gap still be, that we need to address before we start implementing this and encouraging clinicians to actually use cadence-based treatment programs in their clinics with their patients? Sure. I guess so our work suggests that cadence is likely important when it comes to knee osteoarthritis and um, cadence manipulation could be a simple strategy, as you said, for people with knee osteoarthritis. And I, I think we need to conduct some prospective work now where we get people with knee osteoarthritis to walk at their usual gait speed, but then change their cadence. How... Uh, this influences their knee loading. And that's what I am currently working on. Hopefully that study will provide some further information on um, whether adopting a higher cadence could be biomechanically advantageous for people with knee osteoarthritis. And maybe if it can also reduce knee pain during, um, during walking. And hopefully we'll have the results of that study to share with you soon. Oh, great. So, so in this study that you're doing, you're looking at uh, increasing uh, cadence and then measuring biomechanical outcomes or as well as pain outcomes. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, what we're doing is um, keeping the, the gait speed constant and increasing their cadence to see how it influences the surrogate measures of knee load as okay. well as knee, knee pain. Okay, great. Okay, so if you could leave the listener with one key take-home message, what is it that you really want clinicians or patients to walk away with today? Pun intended. <laughs> First of all, walking is good for health. 
Um, so metrics such as walking steps, uh, cadence, and speed, there are strong predictors of overall health. So I, I think we want to encourage people to walk, including patients with knee osteoarthritis. Although we need some prospective research to gain, for, uh, gain further insights here, I, I think there is enough preliminary data to suggest that you can take more steps load the knee less and enjoy the benefits of walking. So I guess the key message we want the listeners to walk away with is uh, please do keep walking. It's good for you. If you're experiencing knee pain during walking, you can try walking with shorter, quicker steps to cover the same distance. Um, and that's exactly what some runners are doing to reduce knee pain because they're experiencing knee pain and they want to keep running. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Hart. Thank you so much for having me, Erin. And thanks to you, the listener, for being here. And I hope you have a physically active day. <laughs>